All right. Hey, guys, and uh, welcome to our very first episode. Uh, this is 112, The Music Standards, and my name is Anders Liu. My name is Aiden Lee, and we are going to be your co-hosts for this fine podcast. So because this is our very first episode, I think the best thing to do for us um, would probably be like to introduce ourselves, um, like our music tastes, some of like the instruments we've played, and also our plans for this podcast. Uh, yeah, Anj, do you want to explain the name of the podcast? Okay, so I'll start with I'll start with why we why we picked the number one twelve. So the first letter in the alphabet is A, and the twelfth one is L, and both of Aiden and I's names have the initials AL. So we thought that sounded cool. And then the music standards, we were gonna go with uh, one twelve music corner at first, but we kind of we looked around, we did some digging, and we found a lot of a lot of larger companies had music corners and music spaces. So <laughs> I guess rather than a dive headfirst into the copyright dues, we, uh, we, we took the, the safe route with this one and uh, we went with the music standards. So we're trying to basically, we, 112 is Aiden and I, and we, we, are, we embody the standards of music yeah, and I, I agree completely. It, we kind of took the safe route. I didn't want to deal with copyright yeah. infringements as a yeah. high school student. Yeah, I wasn't. We weren't really ready for that one. But maybe later. Maybe later we'll maybe switch later. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see how big this gets, you know? So speaking of our plans and the future of this podcast, do you want to explain some of our ideas, Aiden? Okay, yeah. So me and Anders originally uh, thought of the idea for this podcast. We just wanted to have a like a, a casual little sit down place um, so we can just discuss music and what we think about certain artists, genres and stuff like that. Um, and this is gonna be the main place we're gonna do it, but we also wanna delve deeper into different things. Like um, we're gonna compare artists, genres, we're gonna talk about concerts we've been to, live performances, uh, some of this music that we've done by ourselves, and maybe even go into depth about the music industry as Andres' dad is uh, a worker in the music industry. So we'll have stuff about that uh what goes on behind the scenes and like the economics and stuff like that um yeah go ahead sorry and we're also we're probably um we'll probably set up some type of social media so that like people can get in touch with us and we're always open to having like, guests on this show so if you ever if you're if you know something about music that you want to talk about some type of music related thing you should totally uh get in contact with us yeah, we're going to be super open, open to having special guests. Um, and uh, we, look, we look forward to where this is going to be heading. Um, so, Anuj, do you want to just... Oh, actually, hold on. While we're on the topic of the podcast itself, um, the name 112, that's actually the name of a R&B group. Would you like to hear a song of them, Anuj? I didn't even know this. Oh, yeah, sure. I didn't know that either. Sounds pretty cool. Hold on. Let me pull up SoundCloud really quick. All right, this is a cover. Oh, this is a, okay. It's a cover of 112's Cupid. All right, you ready? Yeah, I'm. I'm really so ready. Wow, that is amazing. That um, was really good. I so liked that a lot. I did as well. Um, let's just dive right into it. Do you want to just explain, um, maybe like the instruments you play, and then just like how your music taste has progressed as you've gotten older? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So. Um, I'll start with like instruments and how I started playing that. Then I'll get into how my music taste sort of changed over the years. So in kindergarten, I, the first instrument I ever played was piano, but that was pretty, that was pretty short lived. I don't, I 
ended up realizing that I was more of a like string instrument guy because the following year I'm I'm probably around like first or second grade uh, I started playing violin for about one year and I enjoyed that a little bit more but then I moved to cello after that and I played cello for about like five years so I was just like playing like pretty much only like classical music except one time um, we played uh, we, we, we played we learned uh, blank space by Taylor Swift nice on, on the on a string arrangement that was probably the highlight of those five years of my I would, life i would love to hear that if you still have recording yeah, of that maybe maybe one day we can figure that out but let me just continue with this so probably stopped playing cello in around like fifth grade um but then i moved on to playing like bass guitar the big guitar for those of you who do not know so um i got I had like formal, I had formal lessons, uh, but then I, after a, like a, probably a couple of months, I stopped, I stopped having lessons. And then I just kind of like committed myself to like learning songs on my own. And then at this time I started playing uh, guitar a little bit from like here and there. And then I've pretty much been doing that up until now. And then also I like learned like some ukulele stuff here and there, but ma- mainly like bass. Um, I'm really curious. um, Can you can you just like kind of dive deeper on like bass lessons, what you learned in lessons? Because coming from like a guitar standpoint, I don't I don't know what like what goes into like the fundamentals of bass and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess the main thing my teacher had. Well, I mean, like before this, I had only played cello, so like he was really just teaching me like the the bare minimum, like just like the basics. But then like after that, we kind of got into like um, like scales and stuff. And that's like the main reason I wish I probably should have stuck with lessons because I kind of, at the time I was like, this is boring. Like I want to learn something that sounds cool. But like now I probably, I I regret not like really committing the scales to memory. Yeah, I, I feel you. I, I feel yeah, the exact same especially, way. Also in cello too. I had like really refined like my ability to like read music and other like parts of, I guess like classical music. Like I kind of like knew my way around like a music sheet but like I completely forgot all of that to and like now I look and I'm like I'll like see a sheet of music and I'll regret that because I used to be able to read it but not anymore but uh now now um I guess I'll get into the my music taste yeah so all right I guess around the time that I was playing like piano and violin and cello so like the earlier half of the younger half of my life um i i didn't really listen to like really any music like i wouldn't really say that i had a music taste i just listened to whatever was on the radio and i would listen i would also listen to like classical music because like my mom would play that also it was just kind of like because i was playing cello i was like i've been on this classical music i might as well like listen to some of it yeah so but also like during this phase my dad would also like my dad who works in the music industry he fan of like all kinds of music he would try to expose me to like a lot of like classic rock and punk i listen to people like the jam and the replacements and you also play a lot of oasis okay. so yeah so i've continued to listen to that up until till now so just like before i get into all the other stuff like throughout this up until now i've been listening to like all those artists so Stuff started changing, I guess, in sixth grade. 
to like like a kind of like a metal phase i don't really know what it was i would yeah i would just kind of be in the corner like on my like school computer with my school headphones just like the inter sandman music video (laughs) so wasn't my like greatest moment but it's okay we got past it and no we we all had that phase (laughs) yeah uh, everybody had that phase like or they didn't or just weird but it's okay uh seventh grade um was strictly like rap phase like i just only listened to rap because all my friends did and i just was like i'm gonna fit in and like this is cool but like at like before this was like before like i guess mumble rap was popular i don't even like calling it that i wouldn't even know what to call it but i think mumble rap's like a dumb name for that like subgenre but anyway, like, so, so my friends and I, we'd listen to like, probably like J. Cole and like Kendrick Lamar and people like that. But then like my one friend, he came and like told us about like Little Uzi and he would like tell us about 21 Savage. We would just like completely make fun of him for that. <laughs> but like now it's just like such a big thing. It's just like, yeah. it's just really funny to me. Moving on. Uh, eighth grade was probably when, was, it was like a pretty big like turning point for me because my friend introduced me to Rex Orange County. So that was probably like the first like artist that I really enjoyed listening to. And compared to all the rap I'd been listening to, like the sound is so different. And I was like super interested in it. And this was only when he had like, he, I think he only had his first album out really. So he wasn't as popular as he is today. He's like insanely popular today. So yeah. And then um, freshman year was... Freshman year, like was I was picking up speed with listening to indie stuff. Like I was gaining a lot of momentum. Um, I started covering more artists. Like, but like I, I think we would still consider these right now. We would consider these artists like basic. But I guess at the time they were still kind of like under the radar. You know, yeah, this this like, whole like indie like bedroom pop scene exploded out of nowhere. Like yeah. our artists, like you said, like Rex Orange County. And I think maybe you can even put like boy pablo claro and like somersault have just like grown immensely since like they were considered like underground as like a new movement so it's kind of cool yeah exactly and like yeah because like freshman year i was listening to like brockhampton kuko wallows rex like claro all of those people were like i was like i was really unsure if they were because just they just were not well known at all yeah um yeah some of those artists now are just like considered like indie standards and have like their own like name around them and like have grown to such a huge popularity it's insane so yeah that was probably freshman year i was still kind of like figuring things out and like alternative indie stuff so then sophomore year um i started to branch out a little bit more i listened i started listening to like more and more indie artists so i was listening to like like peach bit and somersault like beach fossils so those are like in comparison to like brockhampton and like Kuko and Claro and Wallows like those are probably definitely a little bit less popular less well-known artists and then um after that also during the time of sophomore year I started listening to country and alternative folk music um so I was I started to become like a lot more open-minded to this genre because like before sophomore year like I was really opposed to it and I would like make fun of people for liking it 
Yeah, just, I was definitely one of those people. I was like, I, I yeah. refused to listen to country music because I was just like super stubborn at the time. Yeah, me too. Like every, yeah, a lot, most people, like everybody who didn't like country music, who like wasn't a huge fan of country music, basically like talked trash about country music. Like, yeah. That's just how it was. One day I just decided to be like more open-minded with it. And my dad, he, my dad would play a lot of Wilco, which was like alternative folk. And I really like, like, they're definitely one of my favorite bands of all time. Like, they're just so good. And then also, um, I think around the time she won the best album of the year, uh, my dad would play Casey Musgraves. So I would listen to both. I started listening to both of those. And I was like, okay, wait, this is, I actually like this for some reason. And I was like really confused with myself. But I just decided to, I was like, all right, whatever. Um, so then I started listening to more. I listened to the Grateful Dead, which I guess a lot of it's like strict rock, but like all, all, another part of it is also like there's a lot of like country and like folk influence in their music. And same with the Beatles. Like I feel like a lot of people don't know this, but like the Beatles have a lot of like country songs, you know? Yeah, and like folk based songs. Like um, yeah. I think when they were like progressing after like A Hard Day's Night and such, like they in help, yeah. they had like two or three like really like folk based songs. Yeah, like in um, like there's like the ballad of John and Yoko, and there's like and in Rubber Soul, there's What Goes On. That's like totally a country song, and like it's one of my favorite Beatles songs. And also, I don't want to spoil the party. Like all of those songs are so good. Yeah, and like and, one of my favorite Beatles songs, I've just seen a face on Help. It's just completely yeah, folk. Dude. Yeah, that like that guitar, that acoustic guitar is just like straight up folk. Yeah, yeah, it's sick. And then um, I'm not sure if this was freshman sophomore or like going into junior year like i really don't even remember but i listened to um tom mish's album geography and amazing that, album that would basically like change my music or that would set up my music taste if like you have really, not listened to tom mish's yeah. geography you have you, to listen to it if right you now. haven't listened to that album if you have not listened to tom mish's geography turn off i don't know what you're doing turn off this podcast and just go listen to that right now because it is it will change your life it, it is, is so it good. is literally perfect in every way it has like i know perfect like soulful funky guitar and then yeah, tom mish's like, like rhythm oh my goodness yeah no, no no we don't even we're not going to talk about this right now because we're we'll literally devote an episode to tom <laughs> mish, okay yeah like he just he deserves a full episode we're not going to give him this little sidebar so, so but yeah at that time i listened to that album which like I wouldn't say changed me like a ton right that right at that moment, but like it set me up to be more open to new genres. Yeah, so that was sophomore year. Definitely more stuff to talk about there. But then junior year is probably um, is probably when like the most stuff changed for me. So I guess junior year I started to listen to like discover some more electronic music, and I thought just the same as country. I was like, I thought it was kind of weird just because it was just like synths and stuff but like just like i've just been more open-minded since sophomore year yeah same with me because i i always like thought i always thought of electronic music just to be like completely associated with dubstep but that is not yeah exactly (laughs) that is you could not have said yeah exactly dude i just i thought that was i only thought electronic music was dubstep and like it just yeah it just sounds like an electronic part anyway um so Basically, so I, I don't, I wouldn't say that my like definition of what makes a song like in the electronic genre, uh, like accurate because like, so I just have like a playlist of like 
quote unquote electronic music. And then, but also, but that playlist also has just like basic like instrumentals with like a synth or two that like aren't necessarily actual like real electronic music, but like I would just kind of consider that. So like some things that other people may not consider as electronic are like K Tranada and like Tame Impala and like Inner Wave and Home Shake and even like 070 Shake. Like I think um I would probably consider those electronic just be or like at least to have electronic influence even though there's like vocals and stuff you know yeah those artists are kind of like genre benders because on one hand they have like their alternative indie stuff but on other hand like they have like songs completely like devoted to like synths yeah like like tame impala mostly and not even songs but just like in songs they'll have sections like there's gonna be like a drum section that just sounds like indie and then there's just gonna be a complete like synth overload in a tame impala song and it works really well but like that's why i would put some tame impala songs that are like more synth heavy in the electronic category rather than the alternative rock category. But then I was also listening to like more like straight up electronic musicians. Like I was listening to like Odessa and like Flume and Japanese Wallpaper and like Toro y Moi. Okay, yeah. So those are more like straight up electronic artists that I like. Um, I haven't really talked about like the alternative genre yet because i've mostly been talking about how i started looking at other genres but like throughout this time i was still like discovering more music in like the indie area but um junior year specifically i probably went more into like alternative like r&b artists so probably like more like anderson pack and the internet and like steve lacy like solo and then like daniel caesar too so like those are definitely more like like soulful like r&b um alternative artists and then i in general this year i guess the probably the biggest uh the biggest change for me was like i started to appreciate like the intricacies and like the technicalities and skill like that it takes to make music okay and that probably started like that's i think geography by tom mish like set me up for that and also like discovering wolfpack set me up for that too just because Wolfpack is like you really have to like appreciate like what goes into like playing certain instruments and like how difficult it can be to create music and like the intricacies of all of it so yeah, like, for, really... for those of you that don't know Wolfpack is a, a contemporary funk band and is made up of five like I think soul members but all the members are multi-instrumentalists and they're just so good at like their individual instruments that they're like so versatile and like their live performances are just insane yeah it's just like yeah you you should you should really like look up like a wolfpack live performance like they they sold out madison square garden like a lot of people don't know who they are but they really they literally sold out madison square garden yeah which is one of the biggest venues in new york so yeah i don't know what else to say but we'll, um, we'll, we'll definitely have a wolfpack episode as well yeah, and then we also have some people who are definitely going to want to talk about Wolfpack with us on this show, but more on that later. So um, after I'd been kind of set up to set up for like a big like musical taste revolution by like Wolfpack and, G- and Geography, um, when quarantine started, uh, I kind of like committed, I like, I was kind of committed myself to listen to to like discover a ton of new music and like since then i probably added like 1100 new songs to like my different playlists <laughs> oh my goodness that we've 
I've definitely been like doing some digging, but uh, so so like I'll let, I'll go through some of the new things that I've discovered. So like the I've started with listening to solo Wolfpack members, so like Theo Katzman, Corey Wong, and Nate Smith. Like all I think the thing that makes Wolfpack so good is that all of their like solo musicians are just equally as good as the band itself yeah so like it's like it's crazy because the individual members are so underrated but they just have like the same like musicianship because like a lot of like some like you know with a lot of bands you'll see that like their solo acts are just like nothing near the band itself but like with wolfpack like they're these solo members are just like equally as good and like sometimes even better so yeah um and then another i think the another big thing that really came out of like me being quarantined and listening to new music is that uh, I started listening to jazz music, which was like a pretty big change for me. But um, since then I've gotten really into it. So I've listened to like a lot of like, like old, uh, like old classic jazz, but also a lot of like new alternative jazz. So like some of the newer artists I've listened to. um, So Tom Ish had a new album, uh, What Kind of Music, which is like more of like a straight up jazz album, like alternative jazz album, which is just, so so good i would also tell you to stop and go listen to that because it's just tomish is amazing and then uh nate smith the like i mentioned before he has a like the solo wolf member um he has a couple jazz albums that are really good uh i listened i've been listening to bad bad not good and um kamasi washington and okay yeah yeah those are just all really good like new contemporary jazz artists and then uh, some of the classic jazz I've been getting into um, was like John Coltrane, like Count Basie, Duke Ellington, Miles Davis, and Yusuf Latif. And those are all just like classics that uh, my parents liked. So I just decided to go listen to them. And then uh, I guess after I like explored jazz a little bit, I wanted to go into like the soul category a little more. And just like jazz, I've listened to new and old. So I got some of the older artists I've been listening to are like Curtis Mayfield and Otis Redding. And then the newer yeah, ones like the, being definitely the classics. Yeah. Just like, just like the classic classics. But uh, I guess some of the newer ones being like the dip and fat Knight and Lawrence and like Leon Bridges, some, I guess, more contemporary artists. Yeah. I, that kind of catches everything up for me. Uh, do you want to start with your, music taste and your instruments yeah so some of the musical trends um that you'll see are kind of consistent with andres because like we love to share like all the artists we listen to and kind of like share the, the new music we yeah. find but um i guess my musical journey is kind of different so i started off playing the guitar um i, I first started listening to a band called the wiggles as most children do but um they had this member called murray he is a he's the red wiggle and he always played the guitar uh I don't know why, but I kind of just like gravitated towards Mary all the time. And um, for Christmas one year, I wanted to get a guitar, specifically a red guitar. So I begged my aunt to get me one. And one year she finally did. So I started trying to learn the guitar by myself for a while, but I officially started taking lessons with classical guitar, classical acoustic guitar. And I mainly um, did that for five years because uh, when you first start taking lessons, they don't teach you rock and roll at first, but they try to teach you like the fundamentals of music theory. And that goes, kind of coincides with classical music. Yeah. But to a point, I started saying, like, yeah, this is boring. I don't appreciate this, which was a totally huge mistake because, like, looking back on it, 
Yeah. I should have like appreciated classical music and the technicality of music theory a lot more. Yeah, so I kind of dropped that and I started playing electric guitar um, because uh, I really like rock music at the time. And one day I went to a pawn shop and I saw this electric bass for like 40 bucks. I said I had to have that. And so from, from maybe sixth grade or so, I started playing electric guitar and bass uh, as my main instruments. And as time went on, I kind of picked up piano and drums as well. But um, my musical taste uh, kind of coincides with this because I grew up listening to the Wiggles and various other kids band because that's what my parents really showed me. But one day my dad bought Guitar Hero for the PS3. I don't know if you remember Guitar oh, Hero. Yeah, dude. It's a okay. legendary game. It, it, like, it exposed me to like some rock bands like, um, like let's see, Blink-182 and All American Rejects. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So at, at, at kind of a young age, I was really, I was exposed to like punk bands. And in addition to like some of the top 100 songs, like Teo Cruz's Dynamite or like the Katy Perry albums at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like any young man does, he, he gets involved with classic rock. And I think it was one of my uncles that showed me the Beatles. And I was just completely enamored by them. When I started like using the computer and when YouTube first came out, all I was doing was watching YouTube videos religiously. Um, and I think I'm going to start a lot of controversy with this, but Paul is definitely the best Beatle. And that's hands down. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. But um, when I, when I started taking lessons and looking at acoustic guitar, um, my music tastes kind of shifted because I like more mellow stuff to coincide with the classical music I was listening to. But I liked artists like, I don't know if you know John Mayer and Jason Mraz yeah yeah of course um they're they're like one man like bands that do acoustic guitar and like sing like a lot of folk calm music some yeah. some of the stuff they they do is like what you'd listen to at like a church retreat yeah but, a lot of yeah they're definitely more mellow than like blink 182 you know. <laughs> yeah and um i'm really i'm really grateful that i started like picking that up because they influenced my style of like guitar playing and like a lot of the stuff john mayer does i don't you should definitely check out neon by john mayer if you if you haven't um he he does some of the stuff with his fingers and like he plays this rhythm that is just insane to me like i was i studied it for like two years before i could actually like play it right but after that um when i think it was about fifth grade i started getting into the strokes and the red hot chili peppers because i was listening to i think it was a blink 182 song and then on youtube recommended it was reptilia by the strokes oh that's a good song <laughs> Yeah, and um, after that, my music changed, kind of took, my music taste kind of took a 180. I started listening to bands like Red Hot Chili Peppers, Arctic Monkeys, uh, Fall Out Boy, The White Stripes, and stuff like that. So just like heavy alt rock. Yeah. And this was like around the time I got my first electric guitar. So I thought I was just like super cool going through an emo phase, just chucking power chords on electric guitar. <laughs> but I... Yeah, this is kind of the end of junior high, and I carried this music taste into high school. But that's that's kind of when I met you, and you were already listening to like a lot of indie bands. Yeah, you, um, my music taste took another one eighty, because after you showed me like Rex and Boy Pablo, yeah, yeah, kind of exclusively, I was listening to like indie and like bedroom pop. I was super into Interwave. Um, one of their songs, I think. Yeah, the first song that you showed me by them was American Spirits, and that was probably yeah. my favorite song at the time. I think that may have been, like, that was probably my most listened to song for, like, 2018 or something. 
yeah like like on like when when apple music or spotify like gives you their your like statistics like i mean, that song was my like most listened to song because it's a really good song oh but, shoot. yeah i remember that like spotify recap yeah yeah that thing hold on let me see i think my at the time my number one song was automatic stop by the strokes oh and yeah oh i remember you told me to listen to that one and then yeah. I, I like love that one too yeah um but yeah it's kind of coincide with like Andres's music growth. Like from here, I was listening to like a lot of R&B and jazzy stuff, like Steve Lacey. Um, and this kind of helped me branch off to like geography, like uh, mm-hmm. Andres said and Tom Mish. And yeah, I started appreciating the technical side of music a lot more. Like Steve Lacey as a guitarist and Tom Mish at a guitar- as a guitarist are just incredible musicians. And I was trying to like emulate their style and stuff like that. And also and, like, um, if, you, if you like see like any like interviews with Steve Lacey, or Tom Mish, they're both, like, super, like, they're really just, like, individual artists, like, Steve Lacey just, he, like, only makes his music, like, on his iPhone, which is just, like, insane. Oh, yeah, that's crazy, I saw that interview, um, yeah, (laughs) doesn't he only use GarageBand on his iPhone? He only uses GarageBand on his iPhone, like, he would go into, like, a studio, but he, like, wouldn't use any of the actual, like, equipment, he would just use his phone, he would just be there just because it was, like, the room sounded good, so... And then also Tom Mish, he like, he's like a really like talented producer and he's like, like there's a ton of videos of him just like making, making up like beats and songs just like on the spot. And he's just really good at that too. So I think they actually have some like that in common. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff that like Tom Mish and Steve Lacey do as producers. And I was just like really attracted to the, the talent and just like the overall like knowledge about music. And um, I started diving deeper into like the more technical side of music. And I think it was like through an Instagram post. I, I follow a bunch of like um, music-based Instagram accounts, like Pick Up Jazz or Music Weekly. And there was this one like dedicated post to a guy named Joe Dart, who is oh. the bassist of Wolfpack. A um, legend. And I think the caption was, when you're pretty solid at the big guitar. And Oh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, so I, there's a song by Wolfpack called Beastly, and it's probably like the most legendary bass song right now. Um, or Dean Town, or Dean, oh, but, Dean Town. Yeah, yeah. but we can dispute this in a, in a Wolfpack episode too. Like, don't worry, we'll we'll get in depth with all of this. Yeah, like, so I was just, I think it was at recess, I was just chilling, and then I, I showed it to you, and we were just completely like blown away by yeah, like dude. a I man was, just ripping a solo off of um, I was Beastly. so taken aback that it was it was he's just it's it was insane yeah um and that's when i discovered the funk band the funk band wolfpack and it was just astonishing to me how like four jewish men could have such funk (laughs) (laughs) i know it's it's crazy you guys need to check them out too um yeah and that kind of leads me to like my music taste now uh i kind of mellowed it out because wolfpack's kind of heavy at times when it comes to funk they're pretty loud yeah, I agree. Um, but so I've list, I've been listening to like a lot more like mellow, mellowy jazz and like keeping like the indie influences mm. like uh, the Marias I really like right now. Um, I like this band called Yacht Club, but it's Y-O-T. Yeah. Um, they're super chill. And I also like have gotten into like a lot of surf rock, like surf curse and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of like a lot of the surf rock is also like really interesting to me. Like how it kind of also has its own area in like the indie like apart from bedroom pop um just like beach fossils and like surf curse and the drums 
uh, I just think it's like it's pretty like interesting how they have their own like subgenre apart from that, even though a lot of people would clump them together. Yeah, I, I think like when people don't know what genre an artist is in, they just automatically revert to calling them alternative. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so that's kind of been like my musical taste progression up to now. And throughout this time, me and Andres have done done our best in trying to emulate some of this stuff because Andres plays the bass, like you uh, said, and I play the guitar. So we're trying to make a bunch of demo tracks emulating yeah. some of these artists. Do you, do you have one on you? Yeah, I have. Uh, so like the first song we played was, um, I think it, it was Losing You by Boy Pablo. That was, oh my goodness. That that was, was just like a, a summer, like over summer. It was like probably like one of the first times Aiden and I hung out um like he just came over and then he like saw that i had like guitars and stuff and then we just decided to play something and it didn't sound horrible but <laughs> it was pretty rough here i'll, I'll play it. i'll play it right now One, two, three, four. <laughs> all right so yeah that was our that was our attempt at losing you uh, <laughs> oh my, that was that was that was really long ago yeah like yeah, really as you can see our music ago. tastes have kind of like progressed since then and i i hope our musical talent has progressed since then too but yeah um definitely yeah, so I think this kind of recaps all we want to talk about in episode one. Yeah, well, we're definitely going to post something on social media, make an Instagram account and such. Yeah. Uh, be sure to follow that. And, like, if you're interested at all and if you want to be a special guest, let us know. And if you have any ideas on what we should do for specific episodes, we're always open to feedback. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that sums up everything I want to say. And uh, I think this was a this was a good first episode. I think we got some good introductions in and... Yeah, thanks for listening.